Last week we uh, started this series, uh, Fast Forward, and we're talking about fear. And we talked about the fact that fear is kind of a two-edged sword in, in our lives, and that there's a negative element of fear that can kind of paralyze you. It can rob you of joy, rob you of peace. And I believe it keeps us from being the people God created us to be. But there's a positive front to it. Uh, the, the fact is it can kind of challenge us sometimes, that it can motivate us, propel us into greatness. And God absolutely knew that we would deal with fear in our lives and that we would struggle with the negative aspect of fear. Scripture, and I hope you'll uh, learn this through, through the series, but it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but what? Of power and of love and of sound mind. Power, not fear. In other words, the Spirit of God does not produce negative fear. It's not part of God's design for us. And uh, last week we started by talking about fear of the future. Because I believe fear of the future is kind of foundational to all the fears we're going to talk about. And, uh, I mean, if you look at the different types, they all have a futuristic aspect uh, to them, so to speak. If you weren't here, I'd encourage you to uh, download the message, go to our website, because it is, it is foundational to everything we're going to talk about through this series. But today what I want to do is talk about the fear of losing control. I mean, what I'd like you to do is do a little bit of assessment. Uh, you know, which of these are you, you the most like? In your, in your life, because I think some people are what I would call game controllers. You know, they uh, approach life like they're playing a video game. You know, they get the controller in their hand. I'm in charge now, you know. And you start moving the directional pieces. You start moving the toggles. You go, nope, this way. Nope. That way, you know, and you, you're pretty much in control. You uh, hit the uh, A button, it means you awake at the same time every day. You know, time to get up, time to go to bed. Time to do this, time to do that. You know, you hit the X button, exercise. Time to exercise. You, you figure 30-minute exercise is what most people do. You are so organized, you do 45 minutes. Because you're in charge. Every night, you hit the Y button. Your undivided attention for your children. Average parents spend seven and a half minutes with their kids. You are so organized, they get 15 minutes of your time. Tommy, you can finish that later. Your 15 minutes starts now. Over here, right now. Sorry, I can't answer that. Your 15 minutes are up. I'll talk to you tomorrow. You're in charge. <laughs> you have this mentality that if everyone would just get their game controller out and be a little bit more regimented, a little more scheduled, that they could help you control life. And I'll tell you, this type of controller leads to bizarre behavior. I mean, as you're trying to control everything and everyone, it just 
comes out in weird ways. In fact, I would argue that this type of controller will eventually end your kids up or your spouse on like Oprah, you know. But this is your style because you're a controller. Some people are uh, kind of NASCAR type people. And what this person does is to overcompensate for not really being able to be in control, what they do is they move at lightning speed. Because if there's a lot of speed, it kind of looks like you're in control. So you fly around the track of life, and you're driving, you cut corners, because you realize you're getting behind. You race back and forth, a lot of movement, trying to keep everything up, trying to keep everything going all right. And every once in a while, if truth were known, you kind of breathe a sigh of relief because you find yourself in the pit. And someone else jumps in and picks up a little bit of your responsibility, and you're like, Phew. And if you're honest, every once in a while, you're kind of tempted to kind of work the angles, to uh, kind of stay ahead of the game, keep things looking okay. And the reality is life is churning around you, but your RPMs, they're redlining, and the speed and the motion or commotion makes it look like you're in control. And I can only say this, good luck staying on the track, because along the way, at some point, you're going to find you can't keep the pace. You're going to find you run out of fuel. You're going to find you break down, maybe hit the wall, or you just drift off the track and take a long pit stop. Maybe not even get back in the race. Some people are uh, teeter-totter people. Remember teeter-totters? Uh, you don't see those very much any, anymore. But this is the style of person that they're up and then they're down in life. And sometimes they get down. And it means you're heavy, <laughs> for one. But they get down and, and it's kind of like, well, what's the use? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck down here, you know. And if you were honest... Uh, your life, you have large areas of your life completely undisciplined. You're not in control. You don't even pretend to be in control because I live down here. And you begin to live bottomed out in your life. And then there comes a point where you can't stand it anymore. And so I'm going to read a book. I'm going to go to a seminar, maybe get a spiritual fix of some sort. Something that fires you up to get up. I am going to take charge. I'm going to take control of things in my life. And for a couple of weeks, you are riding high. Feels, you feel like you're getting control of things. And then things begin to pile up. The consequences from your past begin to catch up. And little by little by little down, you go again. And this time you look around and it's like, oh, it's kind of like it was before. Back down on the bottom. What's the use? What's the use? 
I believe there's a better way in life. That ultimately, you have got to get past the fear of not being in control. And I would argue that you're not going to find the answers in a book, some self-help book or some self-management style or some seminar. Now, don't misunderstand me. Those things are fine and good. But you're not going to find what you're looking for because you find it by surrendering yourself. Surrendering yourself, saying, you know what, I give up. I cannot control things. But I'm going to give them to the one that can control them. I'm going to give them to God. And what I want to do is kind of give us a crash course on the sovereignty of God. Uh, my, my hope is that I can show you how big God is. How qualified God is to run your life. To take control in, in your life. You know, sovereignty, that's one of those words you, you hear and you go, uh, what's that mean? It means to have supreme independent authority over something. What does God have authority over? Well, Scripture would, would tell us that God has authority over all the nations of the world, people, circumstances, everything in heaven and on earth that God has complete authority over. And I know as I say that, many of you would go, I buy that. I mean, I believe that God created the world. I believe that God keeps the world in motion. Yeah, I believe he's in charge of everything. But here's here's what I want to ask you. If God is in control, how in control is he? I mean, did, did God create the world? Kind of wind it up, so to speak? And now he's kind of sitting back in heaven, taking it easy, going, hmm, wonder how things are down there. Is it one of those situations where God's not really into details? He's kind of the big picture guy. And so what happens is once in a while, once in a while, he he reaches down, kind of makes some small adjustments in, in, in our world, maybe performs a miracle once in a while, keep things in balance. Or, is your God in complete control? I believe when you get a sense of how active God is, that God's not just a big picture person, but that God's into the minute details of life, I think it blows your mind. You know, God is in control of absolutely everything in this world. Colossians, Paul writes, he says, for by him all things were created. Now, talking about Jesus here, Jesus was at the creation of of the world. But it says, for by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things are. Together. Acts writes, uh, we find in Acts 17, it says, In God we live and move and have our being. 
In other words, God is passionately into the details of our lives. In fact, consider this. Jesus one day is teaching, and he says, but not a single, single sparrow will fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Jesus is making a point here. Jesus takes the most common bird there is in the world. And he says, if something happens to a sparrow, God notices. God's paying attention. God's into detail. You know, the fact is, God knows how many hairs you have on your head or how many you don't have on your head in some cases. And get this, not only does God know how many hairs you have, Scripture says each of them are numbered. You know, so some of you that are like pulling your hair out these days uh, because you can't get control in your life, God's recalibrating all the time. going, nope, there's less of them now. Less, less, less. If you've got teenagers, you're probably doing that too. But Scripture tells us over and over, I mean, that the, the uh, uh, dewdrops don't just happen. The fact is, each morning, God creates them. Book of Job tells us that. It says that the planets stay in orbit by God's mighty power. You know, a, a doe doesn't give birth to a fawn. God oversees the process. God knows how long you're going to live. He knows where you're going to live. God knows absolutely everything. He knows every detail of your life and mine. And if you could just grasp that fact, that that God is into knowing you, that he's not just casually presiding over things, but he's passionately involved in the details of your life. I think it would change things. It would change how you live. It would free you up from trying to control everything. You know, at some point you realize, have you figured this out? You can't control everything? You'd realize also that you're not even qualified to control everything, but God is. God absolutely is. The psalmist writes and says, our God in heaven, he does whatever what he pleases not just sometimes not just from time to time all the time all the time everywhere every moment God does what God wants to do as you're sitting here today whether you're a Christian or you're just checking it out and you're not even sure about being a Christian I want to tell you God has a big time claim on your life. The fact is, a good portion of who you are, you had zero say. Zero say. The fact is, God created you. God decided where you would be born. God decided who your parents would be. God decided when you would be born. God determined the DNA in your life, you know, physically and psychologically and emotionally. God decided all that. And it's been in operation ever since you were born. And yes, you can tweak some things in your life, make some changes, and you should. But the reality is, for the most part, who you are, 
you had absolutely no choice in. God dialed it in and said, this is your DNA. And, And my point here is God is in control, and at some point, you have to acknowledge it and accept the fact that God has sovereign claim over your life. Now, how do you respond to the sovereignty of God? Because I believe you can do one of two things. One, you can rebel against it, fight against it, push against it, resist it, or you can choose to begin to cooperate with it. You know, when you realize the, the sovereignty of God, I believe you can begin to face life without uncertainty, but to face it with certainty in your life. You know, God's sovereignty, uh, I think it's a tough one to get mind around. I mean, the fact is that God is in complete control. God knows everything. God knows everything that's ever happened in the world. And God knows everything that will happen. And here's my difficulty with it. If God knows all that stuff, and he does, what about my free will to make choices, to make decisions? Well, you, you have that, and, and that's my difficulty. How do, you, how do you reconcile the two things? Because I do have a free will. You have a free will, but at the same time, God knows where that's going to take us. He knows what decisions we will make down the road. Here's the question. Will you yield control to God? You know, Ephesians uh, 1, Paul, Paul writes, he says, he thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plan he took such delight in making. He says, he set it all out before us in Christ. A long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him, everything in the deepest heaven, everything on the planet Earth. God, God, God sees way down the road. I believe most people think life is full of uncertainties. But when it comes to God, life's certain. And in fact, uh, we may not know, we may have uncertainties in our, in our own lives, but God doesn't have any. God knows what's coming down, down the track. And I believe we know a lot about life, in fact, more than we, we really think about. The fact is, we, we know that life is about loving God. We know life is about loving our neighbors as ourselves. We know that life is about giving glory to God with with our life, with what we say, with what we do. We know that life's about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with people that don't know Jesus Christ, people that, that are stumbling through life. We know that a relationship with God's the most important thing that we can have. It's the only thing we'll take into the next world. We know that Jesus Christ and that God is trying to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. That that God does that, that he builds our character and he does it through life experiences. That he builds our faith through difficulties, through trials, through, through struggles. 
you know, that as we're involved in the body of Christ and a body of believers like Faith Fellowship, as we connect, as we use our giftedness in ministry, that we will grow in our, in our faith. And, and when things feel like they're out of control, get this, God's working. God's working. And God will take all those things and use them for good. Now, don't misunderstand me. There's things you've went through in your life and mine that are awful. You're just like, I do not want these. But God will bring good out of those. That's a promise from God's word. We know how everything is going to end up ultimately. We know that Jesus Christ is coming back. We know that justice will be served. We know that if we're a Christian, that we will spend eternity with God. And friends, I would argue life has a lot of certainties to it. We don't know everything, but we know a lot. And, and so how do we cooperate with God? Well, I think you spend a lot of time praying and obeying. You know, in, in response to, to God's sovereignty, we, we pray. We pray. The psalmist says, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. We pray and we obey. We obey God in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will what? Make your path straight. When I pray, when I align my will with God's will, and when I obey, see, here's the real step that we take, and align my actions with God's will, here's what I believe happens when you pray and obey and you get that all in line. The fear of losing control, it begins to dissipate. It begins to disappear in your life. A lot of stress in life, the stress maybe you're experiencing today, is when you try and function with two different agendas in your life, or three, or four, or five. You know, like my agenda, everybody else's agenda, or God's agenda. And when these get convoluted and they're going different directions, you got a problem. It creates a lot of friction. It creates a lot of stress, a lot of difficulty, a lot of fear. And the fact is, if you want peace, if you want peace, and I know there are people here today that desire long, just give me some peace, I would challenge you to respond to God's sovereignty and to align your will with God's will and begin to cooperate with God, whatever that means. You know, something else you can do is kind of contemplate uh, God's sovereignty. The fact is, God's sovereignty uh, allows me to kind of relax, to, to begin to see the big picture of life. It's been my observation that when difficulty strikes, and it will strike, by the way, when things feel like they're out of control, usually two responses I see from people. Anger and action. Something bad happens in my life. Initial reaction. Why is this happening? Followed with some venting. Anybody else do that? Venting. It sounds nice, doesn't it? 
And then I hit a point where I'm going to take action. And by that, I mean I'm going to do whatever it takes to jettison this problem out of my life. Send it into oblivion. I just want to be done with it. Yeah. But there's a better way, and that is to begin to rest in God, to reflect on, on that moment. There's a great story told in the Old Testament, uh, 2 Samuel 16. I encourage you to, to read it this week. But uh, David, David's traveling, King David, and his life is in turmoil big time. The fact is uh, he, uh, he's at a point, he's losing control of stuff. And uh, his son Absalom is... Uh, He's the prince of Israel, decides to have a coup. He's going to take the throne from his, from his father. And it's pretty pretty ugly time. David's traveling. He's got his entourage with him. And, and this punk named Shimei approaches him, starts throwing rocks at him, throwing uh, insults his way. You know, and basically he, he says to David, he says, you know, you're a man of blood, you are getting what you deserve. You know, you have caused a lot of people grief. You've caused this nation grief. And because of that, God's going to let your son take your kingdom from you. Now, David's lieutenant's right next to him. And he just goes on full tilt. And uh, scripture records, and I, I love what he has to say. He goes, why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? That was cussing in the Bible, by the way. <laughs> Let me go and take off his head. Do you see the anger? Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? He's angry, and then he takes action. Let me go and take off his head. And it's interesting that David turns to his lieutenant and says, no, don't get so angry, man. Let it go. Let it rest. This, is, this isn't a big deal. Let's not take action. Let's reflect a little bit. Let's think about this a little bit. How do I know that God didn't send this guy to deliver a message? Maybe it's something I need to hear. And I find it interesting because this, this is not like David from the past. David's maturing. He, he's growing. This is not a good situation. Getting rocks thrown at you. And I think we think little We're talking stones. They're throwing stones at him. David reflects and says, you know, God might be trying to tell me something here. He's trying to say something. And God was trying to tell him something. The fact is, this guy was speaking something that David needed to hear. David was a man with bloody hands. David was a warrior most of his life. That's part of the reason David wasn't allowed to build the temple. You know, he was able to raise the supplies, but he wasn't allowed to build the temple. Had to put it in the hands of his son, who didn't have bloody hands. Here, here's what I want you to catch. When things appear out of control in your life, and you'll have that from time to time, consider what God is doing in that. 
when you come to understand the sovereignty of God and you begin to cooperate with it, contemplate what God's doing today. Good or bad, whatever's going on in your life, contemplate what God's doing. And there's one more thing. You should celebrate God's sovereignty. How many Christians here? How many of you have been Christians more than a year? All right, here's what I know about your life, if you've been Christian more than a year, that you have seen good times and bad times in your life, right? We all have. How many of you can look back on your life and you see that God is in control? You know, how many of you realize that you have grown through the years, that you have learned something about yourself and about God and about faith? How many of you understand that whatever it is that you've faced in the past, whatever it is that you have had to deal with, that God has seen you through that. Be honest, aren't there some things, some lessons that you have learned through the good or the bad that have built your character? Isn't it true that there are some things that you have went through that made you realize the greatness of God, the holiness of God, the power of God? Aren't there some things in your life that you've went through that have forced you to lean on God and trust God more? Because, friends, when I look at my life, I've had a lot of trips, a lot of stumbles. I've had pain just like everybody else and struggles. I've been broken at times. I've been disappointed and just blunt. Everything hasn't turned out the way that I planned. Sound like your life? Because we're kind of in the same ballpark together. But hear this. I am absolutely right where God wanted me. Because of his sovereignty, God wanted me right here, right now, in his control. In his control. Not my control, in his control. And a lot of you could say the exact same thing. As you look back on your life, you can see the hand of God, you can see how God worked, and I want to challenge you to celebrate the fact that God's sovereign, that God's always been there, that God has led you safely this far, God will lead you however much further you need to go, that God is absolutely beginning to conform you, has been conforming you, will continue to conform you into the image of Jesus Christ. Celebrate the sovereignty of God in your life. Whatever it is you've faced. Why fear the future? Why fear losing control? Heads up, you never were in control anyway. God's in control. And God absolutely will see you through whatever it is you've got to go through. Put your life in his hands. I turn to this scripture a lot, especially in the rough times of life. In fact, let's read together. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Don't be afraid of losing control.
Don't raise your hand, but how many of you are afraid of losing control? I'm afraid of being in control. Friends, I cannot control things. And I cannot bring good out of the garbage of life and the struggles of life. I can't do that, but God can. Christianity is about a relationship with God. It's about giving God the reins. It's about placing your life totally, 100%, everything that you got in the hands of a God that's way greater than you. A God that passionately loves you. A God that cares about every minute little detail that maybe nobody else on the planet knows. God knows. And God wants the very best for you. And so I say flash forward. God is in control of every bit of it. Flash forward in your life, God's in control. Flash forward, God's in control. And he'll be in control until the day we breathe our last breath, until the day Jesus Christ comes again. Friends, flash forward, God's in control. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, we praise you. We bless your holy name. God, I know sometimes we're surprised by what happens in life. But you're not. Because of that, God, we, we humbly, broken, worn down sometimes. We just place our hand, our lives in your hands. God, I pray that we would just give it all to you. And that we live each day knowing that you have a plan. Give us hope. Give us courage. Give us the wisdom to hold tight to you. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.